Saunterers, welcome to another saunter, and today we are sauntering through the book of John, and we're looking at Jesus through the eyes of one of his best friends, and we're seeing some really interesting and unique <coughs> insights that John has. He His perspective is different to the other three Gospels, which are all good, and together we get this picture, if we put them all together, we get this incredible picture, multi-dimensional picture of Jesus. And so we're halfway through chapter four today, so let's pray. Lord, we give this day to you. We ask you to speak to us, open our hearts. Lord, let this word be alive in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are starting on verse 31 I think uh, so Jesus has been speaking to the woman at the well the Samaritan woman and we commented on how amazing that whole scenario was and then not only that but at the end of the story at the end of that little exchange between him and the woman he discloses to her that he actually is the Messiah and so in some way Jesus is more um, explicit with this Samaritan woman who where he's crossed all these taboos to have this conversation with her he's more explicit with her about his identity than he was with lots of his own country people his own Jewish compadres if you like and so that's really really interesting and surprising good morning Fran bless you and so um Verse 31 then it says, Meanwhile the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So his disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. i just stop there for a second. This is just a really, really interesting statement. So... We have had um, a very legitimate kind of move within the churches who are probably more Holy Spirity type of churches um, where we've come to understand about resting in God, knowing his love, being secure in that, resting in our sonship or daughtership of him and just having that wonderful sense of his love and affection and this incredible um, love that he lavishes on us and we've lapped that up and enjoyed it and sort of rested in it fantastic and there's been a kind of emphasis on soaking and just kind of being in his presence absolutely fantastic such a really really important thing understanding that our identity is it, the work is done. We don't have to prove anything. He loves us. He's We're secure in him. And that becomes like this wonderful, safe environment for us to branch out in. And Jesus was just saying as well in um, to the woman at the well, he was saying to her, listen, I have water that will be like a spring of living water bubbling up on the inside of you. And if you drink of that, you will never thirst again. It's like you can come, you can keep coming to that spring that I'm placing internally inside you, that res that resource of my spirit that bubbles up inside you. You can keep coming to that and drinking and be satisfied. All 
really, 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 really fundamentally crucial and truths that we really need to enjoy and live in day by day. Good morning, Julie and Tracy Ann. And so, but there's a, there's a, there's another point now that he makes and he, so his disciples, he says, I'm not hungry anymore. And his disciples have been going to get food. And he, you kind of think, Jesus, we've just gone and got you food. Surely you're hungry. And then, then they start to kind of puzzle between themselves and think, um, you know, it must be, someone must have brought him food. Otherwise he'd be really hungry because he was hungry before. And then Jesus makes this statement. He says, my food is due to, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. That is is profound so jesus is finding sustenance and renewal in serving his father and carrying out his father's will in doing the work that he's been put on the earth to do and i think there's something really important for us here that god has put us on the earth to be not just sons and daughters and to like live in the luxury of his love and just enjoy that richness of his love but he's actually put us on the earth to partner with him and to work and to do the work that Jesus began so we continue on in his work and so the word ministry means serving and Jesus said like I'm among you as one who serves and he's called us to be the same the greatest of all be the servant of all and so on and so on good morning admire and so there is something also deeply rewarding deeply fulfilling deeply sustaining and renewing about being involved in the work that God has put us on the earth to do and Jesus says the, it's to do the will of him who sent me my food is to do the will of him who sent me I'm on a mission I'm not here just for I'm not a tourist enjoying the ride just enjoying the view seeing what it's like from the other side of the universe but to accomplish his work now that word there accomplish is a really important it means bring to completion bring to perfection his work so it's not just I've started something you know I'm gonna tinker around with this and you know maybe I'll have a go at this in a minute and then I'll do that but it's actually to perform to bring to completion to bring to perfection the work that he has put me on the earth to do and oh man there is something incredibly rewarding real quick story I was in a, a country We'd spent a foreign country. It was not an easy one to be in. We'd spent quite a bit of time trying to sort out my friend's visa issues because it turned out that he's, he had a seven day visa and we were there for 10 and we didn't want him to spend the last few days in prison. So um, we had to go and sort this visa out. And we walked miles that day through the city, backwards and forwards, up and down these big roads and and we managed to get it sorted out and it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and we've been on our feet walking around trudging around doing and just that kind of unfruitful activity really which is boring and draining and we went and we found this place it sold pizzas and so we uh, we said let's go and get something to eat so we went into this restaurant and the two my friend and 
the guy from the country who was there who spoke the language went said we'll go and order something so I sat down at this table and I thought wow this is nice <laughs> weight off my feet and then and then they I'm just re- enjoying that moment just for a second and then they call me over and they say come over here come over here so I come in there there's these women they're talking to and so I sit down at this table and they say this lady wants to hear the gospel so evidently as we walked in she could see that we were followers of Jesus there was something different about us now this is not a country where there are many followers of Jesus so that was unusual in itself so she she said come and sit down and she was there with her son and her sister I think and so we spent probably about three quarters of an hour just sharing this incredible message they both they all received Jesus we prayed the prayer with them it was fantastic and it was just this God-given moment when the pizzas came I wasn't even hungry anymore I thought man do you know what I am buzzing I'm alive I'm renewed on the inside this is why I was put on the earth I've just had the best time you know and and I could have I was happy to eat the pizzas I could have just walked away and I would be done and wait for tea do you know what I mean it was one of those incredible is and I really understood what Jesus is talking about just for a moment actually yeah the there's something so incredibly rewarding about just helping someone meet Jesus bringing someone to meet Jesus oh man that is meat and drink and then he says verse 35 on the back of that he says do you not say there are yet four months then comes the harvest look I tell you Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Now that's that that lovely, real, beigey white that the corn goes just before it's time to harvest it. And Jesus said, listen, look, you keep saying there's four months until the harvest. Look now, because the harvest is here, is ready. It needs to be gathered in. Excuse me. And he says, I tell you, lift up your eyes. Look, change your point of view see it differently this is this is different to how you were perceiving it actually the fields are white even unto harvest and verse 36 he says already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together for here this saying holds true one sows and another reaps i sent you to reap for that which you did not labor others have labored and you have entered into their labour. So Jesus has given his disciples a bit of a pep talk. And he's saying, guys, don't keep pushing everything forward into the future. And there is something terrible about the human nature that wants, particularly among Christians, I, I feel, where we want to push everything forward into some vague futures future tense where when you know things aren't quite right this isn't the season this isn't that blah 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 you know god isn't really quite moving in that way right now kind of thing maybe we don't use that exact language but what we do is we push our expectations and our focus off into the middle distance and it kind of absolves us from the from any sense of immediate responsibility today we need to understand that all around us are people who want to hear about Jesus and want to see Jesus demonstrated 
by our lives. They're looking at you and me and saying, where's Jesus? And we want to be able to say, here, here he is. Look at me. I'll demonstrate his kingdom, um, you know, in our friendship and through our relationship. I'll talk to you. I'll answer any questions. Let me <laughs> let me introduce you to my best friend and the people around us already. We might not be in what what one might call a full blown revival where thousands of people are queuing up to get to church on Sunday. Not in our town at the moment, but it only takes a spark to get a fire going. And Jesus is saying, lift up your eyes, change your perspective, see things from a different point of view. And actually, I'm saying to you, the fields are white. And he also describes the collaborative nature of the work of the kingdom and who these people are who've been working and labouring before the disciples. I would imagine he's talking about all the prophets and all the teachers who've gone before even people like John the Baptist who've been preparing the ground and getting people ready, getting people's hearts ready. All the um, faithful disciples who lived under the old covenant. And he's saying, these people have laboured. Now you're going to share in their labour. Good morning, Joseph. He says, you're going to partner up with these people who've gone before. Now, that is so true in a nation like Britain. We we might live in a post-Christian era in the UK, but thousands upon thousands upon thousands of faithful men and women and young people have served God in our land in previous generations and even in our own generation. And they've just gone, you know, maybe they're getting very old now, but they faithfully served God. Maybe they've recently died. And we have to say, do you know what? We, we, we're we not doing this on our own. We're part of an incredible collaborative venture. There are people who have been praying for Weymouth for their whole lives. And so all of that counts. All of that is um, ammunition or what's the word? It's, it's pr- priming the pump for God to move. <clears throat> And so one sows, another reaps. We might share the gospel with someone. We might not be the one who actually helps them over the threshold into the kingdom. It might be somebody else. But we nonetheless want to share and give it away, give it away, give it away. And plant the seed and maybe we'll enjoy some reaping as well. And that's a legitimate thing to pray for and say, Lord, I want to see, I want to help some people into the kingdom Ah, sorry, Fran. I want to help some people into the kingdom. I want to see, like even through my life, Lord Jesus, let me lead some people to you before I die. And let's pray and labour with that in mind. And there is great joy then in serving Jesus and completing his work. So verse 39, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So this was the woman's testimony. The Samaritan woman by the well. She went back into the town. Told everyone come and see a man. Who told me everything I ever did. That's quite a pitch isn't it. And I'm not sure what they thought they were going to see. And verse. um, So. Verse 40 it says. So when the Samaritans came to him. They asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, 
It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Saviour of the world. This is amazing. This Samaritan woman who was like officially an outcast from the Jewish people, she had come to meet the Saviour. She'd met the Saviour. Good to have you back, Fran. And now she was able to tell other people and they were coming and finding him for themselves and they're saying, wow, now we believe not just because of what you said, but because we've found him for ourselves. We want to pray for God to give us people with such open hearts as these Samaritans. And you wonder, don't you, whether somebody, Jesus knew that there had been people in the Samaritan community working away behind the scenes who were preparing people's hearts for Jesus, just like John the Baptist had been in Judea. We don't know that. But you wonder, because these people seem incredibly ready. And we know that this is indeed the saviour of the world. So they've come to faith in Jesus through the evangelistic efforts of this one woman of slightly dubious um, character, <laughs> or at least a very shady past, maybe. Verse 43, after the two days he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honour in his hometown. That's become quite a well-known little saying, a prophet is not. And what he, what Jesus is saying is that in, in his hometown or her hometown, a prophet is often, people are over familiar um, with that person and they think, oh yeah, we know him. We know what she's like. Well, yeah, we knew her parents and we knew blah, blah, blah. And it kind of dulls their expectation. And often when we go into a different situation particularly as a preacher or a minister of the gospel we go into a different situation where we're less well known we come in as the traveling or the visiting speaker we might see a more of an openness and more of a receptivity more of an expectation because we're the visitor we're the <laughs> we're the the expert who's been brought in welcome nathan and and so yeah Jesus is saying this is this is tricky sometimes and and people did that to him didn't they they said oh we know of his parents we know his mother and his father and blah 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 and they said isn't this Joseph's son and you know they were kind of questioning his authenticity because they they were over familiar with him so anyway when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he'd done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So some of the Galileans actually had changed their view of Jesus because they'd seen him in action in Jerusalem. So verse 46, so he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he made the water into wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to, Ca to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Capernaum is about 20 miles away. It's a bit of a hike, isn't it? And this is an, an official from the court of Herod Antipas, the, the Tetrarch. He's, the, he's a royal person, so he would have come, no doubt, with some um, bunch of people with him, some assistance and help and a bit of fanfare and so on. Um, but he's desperate. He's come this 20 mile journey 
maybe on a donkey, but he's come because he's desperate, because his son is at the point of death. There's something incredibly levelling and humbling about a sick child. Doesn't really matter who you are status-wise, if you're a parent and your child is sick, gravely ill, your heart is broken and you you are humbled by that experience. It draws you right down into the place of desperation. Good morning, Pat and Mike. Lovely to see you. And so Jesus is really interesting. Jesus's comment because you kind of think, who is this for? This guy's travelled 20 miles and Jesus says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And you wonder, right, is Jesus saying that to him or is he saying it to the crowd who are around? Because he's no doubt in a crowd. Um, I don't know. It seems that maybe he's kind of responding to that thing that he's already said about Galilee, that a prophet's not without honour except in his own town. And he's anticipating, or maybe he's aware of that kind of inertia in the crowd he's trying to work against anyway so maybe he's addressing that but the official said to him sir come down before my child dies and Jesus said to him go your son will live the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and he went on his way and he as he was going down his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering so he asked them the hour when he had begun to get better And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew this was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. Don't you love that? So he's come this journey and by the time he gets home, it's the next day. And they're saying to him, it's okay. Your son's well. The fever's left. He's good. He's recovering. And the the man says what time and he's doing that he's doing a really smart thing he wants to be 100% able to say this was Jesus who did it it was exactly at this time that Jesus sent me home he didn't even come he didn't even pray this is really important we understand these things Jesus did not pray at that point he just said go your son is well good morning Anne lovely to see you and there, uh, I've been thinking about this quite a bit. There is a difference between praying for the sick and speaking to the sick or sending that command like Jesus did on this occasion where it travels to a different region, Morning Hazel, and the person recovers or the, the, the situation changes. I believe that it's something to do. I, I'm just reflecting on this quite a bit it's to do with having the resource inside of us so we have already received it it's not like we have to pray it down it's not like we're the person's in front of us and we're asking God in that moment to begin to touch them what we're doing is saying I because of the Holy Spirit in me have the resource to send a word that changes this situation that creates a miracle and so as we speak it out we're not even praying we're saying in the name of Jesus or go your son's going to be well Jesus has just healed him that is a different 
That's a different activity. It's a different process. But I, I don't believe this is just reserved for Jesus or superstar Christians or apostles and those kind of people that we see on TV. I believe this is something that God is calling us to walk in. It's to do with possessing the goods already that is already on board in us. So as we speak it out, we're releasing something that God's already given us to release. So that's really exciting. So anyway, um, where are we? The father knew that this was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed and his whole household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. So the turning the water into wine was the first sign. This was now the second sign. The turning into turning the water into wine brought his disciples to a place of faith where they believed in him. Now this is a sign to his own kinsmen, if you like, that I am indeed the Messiah. And uh, yeah, awesome, isn't it? Jesus, we want to be those people. We don't just want to read about it. We love it when we hear about it. We love it when we hear stories contemporary to our own of this kind of thing happening. But Lord, we want to see it. We want to do it more and more and more. We want it to be that we have possessed already. We already carry on board that resource that we can just dispense at that moment of time and see the miracle happen in Jesus name. Listen, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. It's lovely to be together. Please like it, share it, pass it on, whatever. And don't forget, it will be on YouTube. There's a bit of a time lag on YouTube because I'm taking a bit of time to get them up there. And also on my podcast, lots of other great content if you want to listen to it. I love you guys. Lovely to see you, Chris. Have a great day. God bless you.